Welcome back to HodgePodge. I'm your host, Allison Quackowitz. Today's guest is Chef Asada Reed, who holds a decade of experience as a professional chef and community health educator. Earlier this year, she published How to Feed a Kid. Based off her thesis for her Master's of Public Health degree, she earned with Emory University. She is one of the founders of Small Bites Adventure Club, and she's a mom to three children, ages 5 to 17. So she has a personal understanding of the importance of getting kids to eat healthy. In addition to her work with Small Bites, she works with Georgia Organics as a farm to early care and education chef educator and is actively involved in the food justice movement within schools and communities throughout Georgia. She is connecting schools, early care education centers directly to local farmers and in doing so, teaching kids about where their food originates. In this initiative, children learn from an early age that there is a link between their food and agriculture. Stay tuned for my educational and inspirational interview with Chef Asada Reed. Welcome to HodgePodge, Asada. Hi, Allison. Thank you so much for having me on today. Yes, I am so excited to have you on um, to share your wisdom of helping parents expand their children's palates. <laughs> this is a, yes. um, something very personal to me. And so um, I can't wait for you to tell our listeners um, all about who you are and all of these fabulous kid. Uh, focus nutrition things that that you were doing out of the Georgia area. Well, great. Um, I am Asa Tareed. I am a chef. I am also a health educator. Um, I have my master's in public health and a master's in education. And I just self-published a book called How to Feed a Kid, a Parent's Guide, um, in order to help parents navigate <clears throat> the hurdles that we encounter feeding our kids from zero to forever. <laughs> right. Um, I'm also a chef educator at Small Bites Adventure Club. We create kits that either go to schools or they go home where kids can explore basically farm to table, fresh produce, um, environmentalism and cooking and nutrition in these wonderful fun kits. Um, and I work in farm to school and farm to early care education here across the state of Georgia to connect communities and schools to farmers, to connect kids to their food, and to connect uh, families to health and nutrition. Wow, that's a lot. And there are so many cool (laughs) things going on here. Um, First, okay, so let's backtrack a little bit. I want you to tell us a little bit about your book, How to Feed a Kid, because this has been a topic for me from the beginning of giving birth (laughs) (laughs) right and and as my son has grown he has been a very challenging eater and Mm -hmm. so you know we have gone through all the the phases (laughs) because and let me speak from personally my husband and I are the least picky eaters and wow 
and nor and pretty much I believe have always been. So we were like the kids that were just hungry. <laughs> and you, you put something in front of us and we were like, oh good food. I'll eat that. Right. And it <laughs> is not like that. So tell us, tell us how to feed our children. <laughs> okay. So there's a little background. So bear with me here. Um, I've had a cooking and nutrition after school program uh, with pre-K through five for like eight or nine years now and in my class it's all plant-based and and I did that out of convenience because some kids eat meat some kids don't they eat different kinds of meat so I just said you know what we're not going to do meat we're going to focus on fruits and vegetables because that's Mm. what's lacking in nine out of ten kids diets anyway nine out of ten kids aren't getting the fruits and vegetables they need so I've been doing that for years and parents would run me down in the parking lot like oh my gosh how did you get my kid to eat squash how did you get my kid to eat green beans how did you get my kid to eat a vegetable And I can't answer that standing in the parking lot while your child's pulling on you ready to go home. Um, So I finally just wrote a book like, okay, these are the tips (laughs) and the tricks that come from my professional background, but it's backed by research because um, my uh, concentration in public health is on prevention and intervention strategies. And all the work that I do in farm to school and farm to ECE is just that. These are intervention strategies to uh, reduce the trajectory of these kids' health outcomes by having them um, normalize eating fruits and vegetables early on in life. So I did a research on picky eating because it's what the parents are always saying. He's so picky. She's so picky. And I found out that um, there is a body of research out there about picky eating. It is mostly a recent phenomenon um, in wealthy countries. Um, So this is something that has been created. This is something that marketing and advertising has glommed onto. And we have created a sector um, of consumerism that is just around kid food. Kid Mm. food never existed before. That's a totally new thing. But if I say kid food now, you immediately know what I'm talking about. You're in chicken nugget french fry land, mac and cheese and chocolate milk. It's like instantly everyone knows what kid food is. So... um, the research revealed that we're focusing on the kids and their picky behaviors, but their behaviors are really just the reflection and the reaction <laughs> to the adult behavior. <laughs> so the problem of picky kids isn't picky kids. It's the adults. I'm so sorry. This is all your fault. You did it. <laughs> Darn it. <laughs> it's not always your fault. There's about 5% of kids that are genuinely picky due to texture, due to sensory issues, due to developmental delays or something along those lines. There's a percentage of kids that present picky behaviors because they have food allergies or sensitivities that have gone undiagnosed. Or right. as I go into my book in about 13 chapters, there's a bunch of other ways that kids present picky behaviors, but they're not actually picky eaters. If your kid eats more than three things, they're not actually picky. They're going through some kind of developmental thing, the learning curve. Yeah. So all this time he thought he was picky. He's just self-selective. We'll use a different word. He is. And it's, you know, it's uh, cheat. I I don't like cheese. I don't like the way it's all very sensory related. Mm -hmm. And and texture related and things so he is a fairly good eater he eats (laughs) it's just he knows what he likes and what he doesn't like and so it's a lot to 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 think about and 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 meal prepping (laughs) 
And so, so, and these are the things that we kind of go into because children come with personality. And if you mm-hmm. have a child that naturally self-advocates, who is outspoken, who is um, not, you know, a shrinking violet, that child's going right. to be like, nope, don't like it. And because they know what they like and they know what they don't, and they don't really want to go back and forth with you about it. <laughs> no, they don't. And we that has that- more to do with the personality <laughs> than pickiness. And yeah. so that's one of the things that we talk about, too. Right. My goal is to diffuse this bomb because we've gotten away from the table. We've gotten away from family meals. In fact, food has become like a point of contention between adults oh. and children and parents feel resentful. Kids feel angry. Everyone's just sitting around the table having mad attitude. And I'm like, no, no, we got to fix this, guys. Yes. But step number one really is for the parents. You, you only have a couple of jobs. It's to provide nutritious options at regular meal times. Right. That's it. And if you've right. done that, check the box and move on. Oh, no. I just checked <laughs> That's it. That's it. You're done. I, I checked it in bold. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and try to make it delicious, too. You know what I mean? Right. And just go throwing wheat berries on the table and thinking you've done your job. No. Oh. Try to make it delicious. But nutritious, <laughs> regular meals, you're done. That's okay. It. All right. I'm feeling a little better uh, about my <laughs> Good. But we've been there, you know, the the dinner time arguments and the, you know, and also, I, you know, moms, uh, unfortunately, in our patriarchal <laughs> type focused society, you know, you've worked hard all day, then you still yep. are kind of taking on that role of home chef, right? So you're, you're cooking and then you spend all this energy and time you put it out there and then you know your feelings nobody likes it your your feelings are hurt you put all this time and energy and effort into it and money and And yeah so now we're wasting food that's 40 minutes of my life I'll never get back hey I worked all day too (laughs) nobody appreciates me it just becomes this whole other thing and I'm like we've got to we've got to reel this in food is morally neutral Mm. it's not good or bad it's necessary like air and water um Mm -hmm. fortunately we have the capacity to make it delicious my cat doesn't have that choice he doesn't have thumbs so we can make (laughs) delicious food and have an experience together sharing this food but this isn't a morally positive or negative thing healthy children self-regulate So Mm. you don't have to apply pressure. You just have to offer nutritious choices. And one tip for parents, if if your kid is presenting these picky food time behaviors, keep a log of what they eat during the course of a week and then measure that out against like the MyPlate diagram. Are they really Mm. eating vegetables? Are they getting proteins? Are they getting grains? Are they getting fruits? And is it in a kind of measurable, fairly even sense? Because if so, you're doing fine. It may look like one day all they eat is mashed potatoes and then the next day all they eat is chicken wings and then the next day all they eat is blueberries but it it adds it, it should add up over time if you're offering those kinds of selections right um, that, you know that's a really good way to to think of it uh, I think that kind of also goes back to our consumerism behaviors you know that we feel like we have to have these like three, major meals and you know but really as long as we're hitting the basics (laughs) 
we're doing yeah, a pretty you're covering good job, all the food right? groups yeah and keep in mind that um your stomach is about the size of your fist so if you've got a little kid like a five-year-old look at the size of that fist mm-hmm. she can't even hold all the food she needs because they're little nuclear reactors they just burn energy right she mm-hmm. can't even hold all the food she needs in her stomach at one time so wow. she's going to eat and then she's going to say, I don't want any more. And that's fine because she's listening to her body. She's listening to her full signals. And then she's going to turn around in 45 minutes and be like, I'm hungry. <laughs> and you're going to go, yes. uh, if you had just eaten everything on your plate, you wouldn't be hungry right now. That's the, the automatic parent default. Right. I do it's it. Like, I'm guilty. It's like you know me. <laughs> it's, like, it's like we're best friends. <laughs> I still do it. Right. It's like, uh... I know this and I still do it. And then I catch myself and I go, oops, remember? You have a whole master's thesis on this. Wow. wow. <laughs> it's like she can't get yeah. full. So they literally eat like every two hours. Um, toddlers and preschoolers are grazers. We want to change their behavior and we want to make them eat three meals a day and maybe two snacks. They're just not hardwired that way. Some of them are, some of them aren't. It's very individualistic. Right. You know? And they're in training. Uh, t- right? They're in training. They're- they are so new. Mm-hmm. They are brand new people to this earth. And so when you give them something like a tomato for the first time, and then they make that face, you go, oh, she doesn't like tomatoes. She doesn't even know. She's like processing. You just put something in her mouth that was definitely not a chicken nugget. It was acidic. It was wet. It was juicy. It was cold. It's a little sweet. She doesn't know if she likes it. So going, do you like it? Like right off the rip, that's the wrong way to go. Because she doesn't oh. even know. She's been on earth for three years. Right. She doesn't know what she likes. right I like that mindset though it's it's kind of allowing them to be it's it's asking the parent to be mindful and it's it's asking the child to to also be mindful of what they of who they are and what they like that it's okay to have a choice and to to develop that on their own so I think that's a really different way of thinking that we all need to to embrace it takes the pressure off of parents I think there's a lot of pressure for us to do things right um when your kids go to school they're like you know if they don't have enough nutrition they're not going to learn they're not going to be smart they're not going to be you know Mensa scholars and it's just it's not that difficult just offer healthy food model it because if you're not doing it they're not going to do it period point blank full stop Mm-hmm. Um, and it's sort of a family thing when they're very young, you, you set the pace as they get older, the expectation has been laid out. So they kind of just fall in line. Like my kids right. know we're going to have vegetables most of the time at dinner. There'll be some random spaghetti night where I don't feel like it fine, but right. there's always a vegetable and I expect you to eat it. I don't expect you to eat a ton of it, but I want you to make a good show. Right. And they do. Cause they always have, it's just like, they don't know any other way. Sure. And, and, you know, and as my speaking personally, as my son, well, when he was little, we were more, it was fun to bake, you know, doing all the, the sugary stuff, the cookies mm-hmm. and the cakes and the, all that stuff. And he still enjoys to do that every once in a while, but he has been more interested in cooking and probably thanks to shows on <laughs> television. Yeah showing these young little chefs in the kitchen and kind of mirror, you know, they, they're mirror, mirroring that behavior of, of wanting to create and have some control over their food. And, and it's kind of fun. Right. So um, 
what tips do you have for parents uh, for getting their children involved in the cooking process? That is a great question. These kids today are so savvy and global, even their palate, mm-hmm. like their taste, like they're eating kimchi and things that, you know, when I was a kid, I just never would have um, right. because I didn't know. Um, mm-hmm. But they're exposed to all of this really er- early, all the curries and just mm. wonderful, full flavored, mm-hmm. big, bold flavor food. Um, I would say if you're going to start, well, not if, you should start cooking with your kids early because this is a life skill. Adults mm-hmm. who don't have this skill really struggle if they have a diet related disease. Because I did mention mm-hmm. I'm a health educator. So I do like diabetes prevention and uh, weight loss and stress management classes. And adults who don't have kitchen savvy have a very difficult time making the shift to quote unquote a healthier eating or healthier lifestyle because they don't have the basic skills and they don't feel confident and they don't feel competent. Adults mm-hmm. don't like to do things that they're not competent at for some reason. So there's a big resistance there. However, if you were a child and you were taught your way around the kitchen, if you got off the beaten path and now your doctor's like, look, lose 30 pounds you know where to go and what to do. You know what whole foods look like. You know how to use a knife. You know how to saute or bake. And you can help yourself. So this really is teaching kids life skills that will give them self-efficacy to stay healthy and maintain health down the line. Um, But get started early by doing the cookies, doing the muffins, but also do scrambled eggs because you need to know that. Think that maybe one day your kid's going to be in a dorm with a hot plate. Mm -hmm. I know dorms have come a long way and they have food courts now, but just humor me. (laughs) Back when I, back in my day. (laughs) I was right there with you. (laughs) Okay. We had electric skillets and a microwave if we were lucky. So think along those lines. When you get out into the world, young sir, will you know that you need to combine vegetables with your proteins and carbohydrates? Do you know how to steam broccoli? Do you know how to cut asparagus? Do you know how to dice an onion? Do you know how to cut a pepper? Can you make a stir fry? Can you do hamburger helper and then dress it up so that's actually something you want to eat in it that's got some nutrition added into it? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So things along those lines, and you can have fun foods like guac and salsa. You can have mm-hmm. wing night where you fry, bake, and grill. You can make burgers aplenty from black bean burgers to turkey burgers to mushroom burgers. Just pick a recipe, pick a day and have fun and go at it with the mindset of a child, not a parent. Adults Mm -hmm. look at cooking as a task that has a beginning and an end result. And we hurry up to get to that end result. But kids don't look at it that way. They are as as, as much fun to cut and chop as it Mm. is to crack an egg, as it is to stir the pot, as it is to whatever. They're into it every step of the way. So relax and enjoy it and don't make it a chore. Do it when you really have the time and the mindset to do it and realize that you're teaching them a life skill. You may learn along the way. That's the best part. Yeah. Um, I do these virtual classes online, right? Well, of course, it's virtual. They would be online, but <laughs> we're doing virtual cooking classes online and I call it cooking with kids. It's not that I'm cooking with the kids, which I am, it's that parents are kind of hovering in the background in case they need to get in the oven or move a hot pot or do some dicing real quick. And the parents are enjoying this experience just as much as the kids are, if not more, because they're also learning and the kids are making dinner for the whole family. And the parents are like, this is great. This isn't kid food. This is real food. 
Right. Yeah. Because there's no such thing as kid food. <laughs> right. Exactly. And that is something that we 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 definitely have to to get rid of. And I, I I'm a no waste kind of person too. I can't I am very conscientious about food waste. <laughs> I will eat everything. <laughs> in, right. In like the, I'm not throwing it away. I'm not. It will be a soup. <laughs> <laughs> right exactly the kitchen sink soup <laughs> yes I'm the queen of that I love it you know and and I want my child to grow up at least seeing this behavior and maybe through maturity begin as watching us you know that he will begin to to, <laughs> to want to be more um, adventurous in some of the tastes and things but I love that and I love uh, the idea of cooking with with kids. T- t- talk a bit about Small Bites Adventure Club. Oh, I would love to. But before we get off that topic, yes. I do want to say that parents have said of the Cooking with Kids class, they're quote unquote picky eaters, have eaten things they never would have tried before. Uh, so sometimes it's just getting the kid to feel confident and comfortable. Mm-hmm. And you do that in your own kitchen in a virtual class. You're comfortable. And then they start exploring. And once they start exploring, they're off to the races right but small bites adventure club is this amazing little company here uh we're based here in atlanta this um social enterprise that's run by a bunch of women we're out here kicking butt taking names i know i love it but our goal is to get kids to explore love and eat their fruits and vegetables and so um it was founded by aaron Kroom and judith winfrey um we're all in the farm to school, farm to ECE, organic farmer, grower, packer, all of that people. And Aaron in particular is like the, the linchpin of farm to school here in Georgia. If it wasn't for that woman and the work she did, these programs would be nowhere near where they are if they existed at all. But we would all run across the same people doing the same work. And there's only a handful of us. We can't be everywhere all the time. And what these kits do is they put the farmer and the chef and the teacher and the standards and the safety and sanitation and the actual produce and ingredients with a recipe into a box and send it into the classroom. That's where we started. So there are these adorable kids that have like a trifold inside that runs through everything from social studies, through science, through safety, through actual standards, actual learning standards. And the kids get to make recipes and taste them and explore fruits and vegetables. And then when the pandemic hit, it was like, well, nobody's at school. What do we do? Um, We created our farm to home explorer kits, which is slightly different because it's not teacher oriented, it's child and parent oriented, but it goes home and it does the same thing. We're connecting with seeds and growing and and, um, examining dirt and exploring herbs and spices and kids get to do activities and they get real tools like measuring cups and serrated knives and nylon knives that they can use to actually fabricate and cook recipes. Wow. The feedback has been phenomenal because it's interactive. And again, the teachers love it because we've done the work for them. They don't have to go research. We've got links, videos, everything. It's all there. It's a curricular asset. And then the parents love it at home because it's kind of whole child. It's not just reading or writing or watching videos. There's arts and crafts. There's food making. There's journaling and mindful eating and kids get to be introspective and use their senses and 
it's right. just it's just amazing and I'm so honored to be a part of it. Yeah. Can you give an example of maybe a kit that you know someone would order for their home? Yeah, I, I think the you- one that just went out was the um uh spice of life. So we talk about what is an herb, what is the spice? Because people, you know, throw that around, herbs and spices. So let's get down to some science. What are we talking about? Let's get down to some culinary terms. So we define what is an herb. We define what is a spice. We have examples. We talk about their color and the significance of um, antioxidants. So again, science, but on a kid level, there's activities in there where they're matching. And we actually include samples, sizes of about five, maybe six different spices that they can smell, that they can taste. And then we have a recipe in there to create your own spice blend. And this spice blend can be used on vegetables, beans, chicken, proteins, whatever, but they get to create it. They get to name it and they get a cute little tin to put the label on it. That's their own personal spice blend. And then there's a recipe to use that spice blend on some roasted sweet potatoes. Um, and it, it, you, it makes enough so that you have some extra that you can experiment with too. So the kids get to make it and then they get to cook with it and taste how it changes the taste of the sweet potatoes. Then it's we fun. have some more social studies because spices come from all over the world oh. and they've been used for thousands of years. So we pull in the different countries that the spices come from. And it's just a great way to introduce other cultures and to have sort of inclusive look. I like, here's something we all do. We all use herbs and spices. Oh man, I love that. I think that is so, so cool. I, 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 I'm a children's book author also. I know, I'm so excited yes! about that. <laughs> and so with my series, I've got an, another book in the series coming out, but the original Mommy's Big Red Monster Truck book, it, you know, pretty much it takes a journey across the U.S. and the world. And I'm sitting here thinking, how cool would it be to 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 part small bites for like some type of a journey? <laughs> um, that would be amazing. So yeah, um, yeah, we might have to. Have we could some... pick up our ingredients along the way. Right? yeah yeah I love that we'll have to we'll talk about that later but but what a cool (laughs) thing I love that because I'm you know that's something that's been really important to me is introducing my son children you know to the world around them making them culturally competent and um and I just love that the kid kind of gives that full circle um um, education and and what if just a fun thing to do I'm sitting there thinking like I just want one <laughs> that would we just have be the dream team <laughs> yeah I can't even lie our team is is just amazing and we get together on these brainstorming sessions and anything goes no there is no bad idea so when you get this kit it is so rich I would say they're so dense they're dense with um education and information. They're dense with activities. They're dense with observation and and personal introspection. And we really do try to connect children to their world because there's so many social inequities in food, in food Mm -hmm. distribution and food growing and, and just culture and food around the world that we're really trying to make this inclusive and, and open our eyes to things that maybe we're not looking at. They're not right in front of us, but it all connects us. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. So cool. Um, so how would, if someone is interested in 
signing up for Small Bites Adventure Club, where do they go? So on social media, we're at Small Bites Club on like Instagram. We have a YouTube channel. And if you go to our website, which is smallbites.club, you can see both the school taste test kits and the farm to home explore kits. So technically they're two different products. Awesome. And, and what about your book, how to feed a kid? Where can, where can we find a copy of that? How to feed a kid is um, it's on amazon.com. Um, you can order print or um, Kindle downloads. And if you have Kindle unlimited, it's actually free. Um, it's also at walmart.com. And so that's interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> and um, my next goal is to follow it up with a cookbook because it's not a cookbook. Uh, it really is a guide for parents, a how to mm-hmm. guide to overcome. Yes. So I want to do a cookbook um, with a bunch of kid tested, kid friendly, you know, recipes that I've been using at all during these years that I've been cooking with kids to kind of support what's in the book. So we've got different chapters about different things like feeding young athletes or the tooth eruption cycle or what happens when your kid goes meat free and you're a carnivore. Mm. Um, We've got topics about meal planning and um, budgeting. We've got a chapter just on balanced nutrition. So that, you know, if you're just clueless on all this nutrition information or if it's just too much, I distill it down to its nuts and bolts and this is how you can feel like you're nutritiously feeding your family. All that's good info, but I now want to do a cookbook to back it up. So I think that uh, people would appreciate the recipe. Yes, I love that. And then they can they can read first how to feed a kid and now what to feed a kid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and um, like you were saying, yeah. these could be recipes they do in the, you guys do in the kitchen together. Yes, I think that is such a... Uh, just curious, what inspired your chef life? What what inspired your love and curiosity of food and um, and then further of food education? I think um, I would originally have said I just really love food and I like to eat it. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I wanted to be able to prepare it like how mm-hmm. I wanted it. But it goes deeper than that. Um, I realized that as I was reading more about young kids and having my own memories, we celebrated with food in my family. If right. you got A on a test, if it was the end of the school year, if it was Friday night, if you know the stars <laughs> were in alignment, we celebrated with food some kind of way. So I have a association, positive associations with food, which has um, made my life, my adult life easy. Because I know how to cook. I'm confident in the kitchen. If I decide I need to lose weight, I know what to do. You know, it's just I, I don't have food hangups. And so many women in particular um, have food hangups. They don't enjoy it. It's not pleasurable. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wow, I feel so sad for you. Like, yeah, oh, honey, let's let's work on that because this is some good stuff right here. <laughs> right. And I don't just mean the chocolate and the cake. I mean, food that's like affirming and nurturing and mm-hmm. nourishing and gives you life like one of the best things on earth is a peach in season so I'm not even talking about like the decadent stuff that's great too but I mean just natural food is so good and you feel so good eating it 
And so I want other people to experience this joy. I want other people to have positive associations, particularly young people, so that as they grow up, food is not the enemy. Marketing mm. is the enemy, but mm. food is your friend and food mm. is necessary. So let's not make it the enemy. Let's not fight food. Let's have real whole delicious food that nourishes our bodies and our communities. And let's work so that other people have access to food too. It's, it's a human right. We all deserve access to real food. Yes, absolutely. I might be a little passionate about it. I don't know. I love that though. <laughs> and I think that, you know, if food, right. I have food and there are friends. I love to cook. I am no chef. I, I have no formal training things wrong I'm sure <laughs> I actually lit, watched one of your YouTube cooking uh, videos it was just you um, you uh, were cooking soup and um, and I loved it because it, food is a love language for yes. for so many of us and I I loved and speaking of language, you were cooking mirepoix. And <laughs> I had never, there was something about that, that, that word that stuck with me. And I was like, it's, I could do that all the time, but I didn't know <laughs> it was that fancy. Didn't know it had a fancy French word to go <laughs> along with it. Exactly. So Look at you. I, I know. So I felt very, so mirepoix was, is my new favorite vocabulary word. And I'm going to use it in <laughs> every way that I possibly can. But I think that is like a testament to it, you know, that, that some people help us to, um, absorb that the beauty of cooking and the artistry of cooking and the importance and simplicity of just food of natural foods and and how yeah. we take for granted all of that as a, a kid who was raised in rural eastern north carolina you know my grandparents all had gardens around their homes mm. you ate things you know that they you help them pick vegetables all summer you you know Sunday dinners were very important it was in and prideful because you're eating lima beans and potatoes and whatever that had been handpicked um from from the garden so I'm thankful that I had that experience because I feel mm -hmm. like that um really taught me the value of food and um and that it is a family thing it is um very necessary but it, it's also necessary to to understand so i thank you um for all that you're doing to educate families and children um and i hope that i can partner with you guys in the future because i just think it's a really cool initiative that that you're doing there Thank you. And I love that that concept of us traveling and gathering. Mm. I think that could be so fun and a great way to explore our world. And a great way to bust out of 2020, <laughs> this early part of 2021. The right. thought, Literally right? bust out of our oh, world. Oh, gosh. The <laughs> Get out of the house. Of, of, <laughs> of being, being with people again, right? 
So, well, yeah. it has been a total pleasure. Um, and I wish you so much luck. I can't wait um, for your recipe book um, to be available. And maybe when it is, you can come back and, and talk all about that. And, and maybe uh, share some favorite recipes and things with our listeners. Um, oh, but that'd be they, great. Yes, but I thank you so much. Uh, Chef Asada, and um, good luck with all of your future projects. Thank you so much, Allison. It's been a joy speaking with you today. You too. And thank you to all of our listeners out there. I appreciate you so much, and I hope you take away a little new pride for food and love for cooking today. Um, And make sure to, to stay tuned for next time here on HodgePodge.